Hi everyone, it's Rebecca from Radio Face Stories. This episode comes with a trigger warning. We're covering two darker stories that contain graphic descriptions of multiple murders and sexual abuse. Both of the stories contain children. Don't listen if you need to. It's all good. We'll see you next time. Oh, I feel like I can hear my breath. You can. Gross. I know, but like <laughs> more vividly than normal. Remember when we used to quote movies and do whiffs of the days? Yeah, I thought of that the other day, actually. <laughs> well, maybe we need to go back to that for this we, one. I was So I was thinking that, but I was like, well, I just don't want to feel, not pressured, but. If it comes up, it does, and if yeah, not, then I think don't we worry still about do it. it. Yeah, exactly. If it comes up in a natural way, then we'll roll with it. Two all-beef all patty, patty special, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, onions on a sesame, sesame seed bun. Hi, Darla. Hi, Kezia. How are you? Wonderful. How are you? I'm great. Welcome back. There was like a delay there. Are you great? I'm great. Good. Good. Fantastic. Did you enjoy the little bit of snow we got? Um, the fake snow that we were all hearing about? Yeah. I didn't get anywhere where I'm living. We got a tiny bit. Enough that Pat kept kept the kids home one day, and they made a what? tiny, a tiny, tiny little snowman named Cosmo, and then he sadly, oh, like a foot in a bit by Cute. by two feet. He was a fat little dude. Did he get? Put he some melted by the evening. Him? Yeah, oh. he had a, a like a baby carrot, and like a small toque and a scarf, Aww. and then he melted that night. So it was pretty sad. That's unfortunate. Yeah, I, it was a tease because they. There was like six or eight snowfall warnings, in my opinion, and um, there was just a light little dust, yeah. and it was very disappointing. So thanks, Weather Network, for yeah, that. Yeah, thanks for nothing, assholes. <laughs> um, my kids, it was it's awful. They've do you know who Lamb Chop is? Yep. So somehow, my children discovered that song that's in. This is the song Fuck. that does it. I don't know who taught that to them. I don't know where they thought they heard it. Or why this happens, but now they sing it constantly, and they get Google to play it on all the speakers in the house. Oh no! And it is my nightmare. My nightmare. You didn't ask them where they heard about it. I'm just trying to ignore them completely and hope it all ha- goes away. So I'm not touching on it. I'm not acknowledging <laughs> that I've heard the song before. I'm trying not to hum to it. And it's... but you know what? We used to be those kids. Oh, for sure. So <laughs> it's just coming back to bite you in the butt. I almost want to, like, make them on Saturday watch, like, four hours straight of Lamb Chops play along. And hoping that they'll hate uh, that it? they're like, please, no, please, no more. And then they'll what never do it again. What if it goes again. reverse? There's no way. You watch that show? Oh, It wasn't that bad, was it? It wasn't that good, though, either. Especially if you're <laughs> used to the shit that's on nowadays. Like, the yeah. kids hate when we make them watch stuff that we liked when we were kids. They're like, is this old? This looks really old. And they can't handle it. So weird. It is weird, because we're not old. We're so young. I know. I'm the youngest. I'm the youngest. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not. No. I'm the middle. (gasps) Ooh. I am just a little in the middle. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Every time that word comes up now in conversation, I'm going to sing that song. That's great. I'm really excited for us. In the middle. (laughs) Um, that was good. <laughs> what exciting things do you have to tell me? Asher learned a new joke, and he just repeats it over and over, and it's not even good. Can you but tell I'll... me it? Please? Okay, just you can't one. just not tell I know. Joke. I'm sorry. 
why don't you shit i'm gonna screw it up and he's told me so many times you have to just i, I can think just. this is like me with my 50 cent nickelback joke it's all coming back around Ooh, what is it <laughs> helping, right? okay, yeah. okay okay i got one <laughs> okay i was totally gapped i did not like listen to either of you oh whole second. well you managed to fully block us out i have three kids i can fully block everything out that's a, that's amazing okay okay why don't you write with a dull pencil why because it's pointless <laughs> and he tells me that joke 17 times a day that's a basic joke. I know. It's not, though. Like, it's not that amazing. But It is when it's coming it's, from Asher. And it's even, he'll come up and be like, oh, mom, I have a joke for you. Like, I haven't already heard it. He forgets so, that he's told you it I 17 don't know. times. I think he just likes to. Do you remember when he told me that walrus time. joke and totally burned me? <gasps> that walrus joke's fucking funny. Can though. you say it again? Because I kind of forget it. So uh, Asher told me this joke and totally burned said, me. He said, what's the difference between you and a walrus? And I said, what? And he said, one smells like fish and has a mustache and the other is a walrus <laughs> and then started laughing hysterically yeah because that's and actually I was like, funny oh sick burn it's hilarious thanks joke. for from a five-year-old yeah. <laughs> feels really good parenting everybody <laughs> amazing i think it's good um unfortunately i don't really have anything cool to share you didn't do anything cool this last week um, Seven days. There's nothing in your life. I just worked. I worked. I've been walking lots outside. That's healthy. It is great. I love it. It's like something that I look forward to now in a day is going for a walk. Suddenly we don't seem so young anymore. <laughs> right? <laughs> I never thought I'd say that. Has, or Rebecca's talking about her fillings and you're talking about walking. <laughs> um, I made a really great soup. Oh, man. <laughs> How many naps have you had this week? Surprisingly. Should we just say how many have you had today? No, none. None today. Oh, wow. That's impressive. Sunday was my nap day. I got it all out. And so you had seven naps my, on my, Sunday. My, my weeks are generally productive, very productive. I don't tend to have time for a nap. Depends if I'm, like, working at home that day and I'm feeling really tired. I'll have a quick nap. <laughs> but I save my naps for... You, you realize, though, that you can't, like nap all one day and like store all that sleep for no, the week. No, I know. I know. It doesn't work like I, I okay. know it doesn't work like that, but Sunday was my nap day and this week I haven't had a chance. That's really sad. I'm sorry for you. <laughs> That's fine. I've okay. been I've had I've all had all the energy that I've needed. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> to get me through my days. Okay. So we're thinking about making a logo, uh, a proper official logo. For Radio Face. Yeah. We're, um, throw some ideas out if you guys have some. We yeah. Have a, we have a dear friend, Vicky Tamalini. Shout out. Hi, Vicky. She's going to help us out with that. I am completely confident that no matter what our ideas are, she'll make it look super rad. We probably should oh, just yeah. ask her what she thinks. Yes. That's a great And idea. then just throw away all of our ideas and just go with her. Just go with it. Yeah. Just, just maybe throw out some colors you like, know, like green <laughs> burger fries. Eyeball. Know? I need to put like an eyeball in there. Skull. Have you ever seen any of the Lurk Loves You guy? He's like a he's a artist, local artist to Nanaimo. Oh yes, his stuff's crazy, and I like like we should do something really like that. Maybe mm-hmm. not borderline like inappropriate or anything. Some of his stuff's kind of it could be people are it could unsure. be on the cusp of inappropriate. It can be. Yeah, it could be. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. You can interpret it however you'd like. Yeah. Well, I think the Lurk Loves You guy, he, his is like that. 
It's inappropriate. Well, it's not, but you like people sometimes take it inappropriate. I don't know. You got to look look at look up lurk loves you and decide for yourself. Okay. I like the word lurk. Me too. We used to use it all the time. I used to tell my dad there's lurk weed growing in the backyard. What is that? I don't know. I just like to say the word lurk. Lurker. I <laughs> I am a lurker, especially you are. these days. Who do you lurk? I just I'm always lurking. <laughs> Pat's a lurker. Oh yeah. You know what I enjoy is like okay, cuz now you wear masks everywhere in public generally. Sure. And so everyone's forced to make eye contact. You like that? I do like that. Oh, I dislike that so much. Yeah, I do. I I think it's great. Eye and, contact? And then and you can't tell if like a a guy is cute or not cuz you can't see their whole face. So that's kind of like mysterious. I'm like trying to think about what you're saying, but I must like stare at the ground while I walk because I don't think I even look at people. <laughs> I'm like, I gotta go here, then here, I have to pay, and then I'm leaving, and I don't even really. I don't really take in the people around me, mm-hmm. other than to like dodge them. I guess I deal with a lot of people <laughs> in a day. I guess yeah, that's where we differ because I thoroughly <laughs> enjoy grocery shopping. Oh man, it's the bane of my existence up there with lunch making. <laughs> And the song that never ends. Those things are top of my laundry. shit list. And laundry. Laundry. Oh fuck, laundry's up there too. I need a bigger list. I got lots. Uh, oh of, shit list. I have lots of things. An oh shit list. Yeah, those are my woofs of the day. All of those. <laughs> those are woofs of life for woofs you. Woofs of my life. <laughs> anyway. All right, rock paper scissors. Yeah. Best of three. <laughs> rock, rock paper scissors. scissors. Ooh, that's one for you. Rock, rock paper scissors. scissors. Right. Rock, paper, scissors. Boop. Two for you. Slice. Darla wins. The best the, of three. The best of three. That means I'm going first. Best of four. No, that's not a thing. You can do best of seven. Let's not get into this, though. <laughs> that's tricky. That's for best another month. Best of ten. No. Okay. Oh, so, you've got a full-on notebook I now? Have, is I that a Radio f- Face notebook? This is an unofficial Five-star radio face notebook. Wow, Darla. It's red. Moving on up, girl. Because I keep losing my, my papers. 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 My line. line. What is it? Fullscape. What do they used to call it in school? Fullscape? Full what? Fullscap. Fullscap. What the fuck <laughs> even is that? What's a fullscap? Full it's like a longer And a do-a-tang? Of... Do oh, yeah. Please get your fullscap and do-a-tangs out. <laughs> Are the dumbest words. Full scap do a tang. I don't mind the word do a tang. Hey, that would be a sweet name for our band. Full scap and do a tangs. <laughs> so, okay, this the story I chose this week, I could not find a single podcast on it. So potentially I'm the first one to do this story on a podcast. Wow. I don't know what that means, or maybe I just didn't find it. And the f- information was oh, spotty like i read more than one time the details were just off between the different reports um i got a lot of the information from newspaper articles so you know the ages would be off by a year the dates would be off a little bit too and some of the scenarios were not the same in either report so i've kind of fit together what i think makes most sense of what happened with the information i had okay so this is the story of I've called it the Ring Twins. That was their last name. The murder of the Ring Twins. Oh, I have mm. not heard of that. No. On the night of October 7th in 1963, the RCMP Dog Masters at Kamloops, BC received a call for help from Enderby Detachment 
after reports of two teenage girls had disappeared while walking home from school. So I didn't know they were called dog masters. So that's like what is that? the peop- the police officers that handle the dogs that, you know, work with police service dogs. Mm-hmm. They're called dog masters. Are they always with the dog? Yeah. they ha- okay. And that's like their dog for the whole time, I think, until that dog retires. But they are also police officers. Yep. Okay. Yep. In this whole article, I'm going to talk about a specific police dog and the dog master. But they don't actually, I don't get the police officer's name. It, they just refer to him as a dog master. And so, oh. yeah, and I look, I tried to find, I have the dog's name, but I do not have the, this dog master's name, which whatever the, that constable's name was. So I feel like I'm not d- giving him any credit. credit. Yeah, but I just don't have that information. I wish I did. When I used to work at the vet clinic, we treated the police, the local police dogs. One weekend, we actually had to keep, we boarded the police dog, a certain police dog, because I think the trainer, or sorry, the officer was going out of town and there was no one else. He needed some vet care, nothing serious, and there was no one else to really watch the dog. Because these these dogs can be super dangerous too if you don't know how to handle them properly. Oh, yeah. Right. So these dogs are intimidating. A lovely animal, but I remember... We needed to take him out the back and give him some sort of exercise every day as well. And so I got to throw, I was. I took the dog to the back and threw this ball for him. But you the, you have to know the key words that the officers use because those are the only words the dog will respond to. So, and again, I can't remember any of these, but there was a specific word if he latched onto something I would have to use for him to drop right away, like to stop doing whatever he was doing. And the thing about this dog that was I found the most incredible was, you know how dogs, they're goofy, even if they're not friendly, they're kind of all over the place. This dog stared at your eyes. He stared into your eyes Whoa. all the time. So I would throw this ball, you whip and get it, and he'd as he turned around and ran back, he was looking at my eyes. I'm guessing that's because that's how they're trained, to look for signals or whatever. But he would stare you down every time he ran back with that ball. I was like, this is the time he's lunging at my throat. And that's how I felt. That's so And he never did. He just sat down. He was such a good dog, but he was massive and intense. And that's what I think about when I read this story. Yeah. These are very smart, strong animals. Intimidating. Intimidating, they are. Okay, so back to the story. The girls were missing from a place called Enderby. Enderby, BC is in the North Okanagan area of British Columbia. It's like north of Kelowna. So the girls, they're actually from an area in Enderby called Mabel Lake. Yes, I've actually been there. You've been to Mabel Lake. I've been to Mabel Lake. Um, People that I know would have like a kayak rodeo, they called it. (laughs) They'd have like a kayak rodeo and then a big party after and it was really awesome. So I did go to that one. Okay, so the girls were actually lived in a fishing lodge on Mabel Lake and they were murdered right there. Oh, yeah. What year was this again, sorry? At 1963. Okay. The girls reported missing were 14-year-old twins named Donna and Diana Ring. Their parents were named Elise and Victor Ring, and they owned a resort, like I said, uh, a fishing resort on Mabel Lake, and it was called Mabel Lake Resort. And it's actually still, I looked it up, still a resort. Not owned by the same people, but it's still there. So the father reported his daughters missing after they didn't make it home, and they typically got home from school around 5 o'clock. So the girls uh, would ride a bus home, but the bus would only go as far as the bus driver lived. And the bus driver then would park the bus, and the girls would walk from the bus driver's home down a wooded road, like a dirt road, to their house. So I think it's only a couple miles of a walk from the bus drivers to where they live, the lodge. 
So by five o'clock, the girls weren't home. So he went, uh, the father went out to search for them and he got a couple neighbors, I think, and they probably went to the bus driver's house and he said, yeah, they got off the bus and they left. They went up like they normally do. So they looked for a couple hours and by seven o'clock, they decided to call the police because there was no sign of them and it was dark. So this is when the Kamloops police service dog got called. Um, The intense search involving the dog master and the police dog, whose name was Clea. That's the dog's name? That's the dog's name. Her her name is Clea. So they began immediately, and they started at the wooded area where the girls would have walked home through. So not uh, not long after the search began, Clea notified her dog master that she found a scent, and they began following Clea's lead, and they discovered the girls' books and some of their clothing in Mm. in the wooded area, kind of under the dense brush. The search continued through the night until around 3 in the morning, at which time Clea and the officers found the girls' bodies beaten to death. I hate these ones. Yeah. How old were they, sorry? They were 14. They also found at that time an empty vehicle just down the road, which they traced back to a man named Lawrence Herman Heiss, and he's also known as Larry to people in the area. So Lawrence Hayes was a 26-year-old newlywed. He lives nearby, but they were staying in that specific area at his in-laws because it was his anniversary weekend, and they just had gone to stay with his in-laws. Okay. So he is from that area, but he was staying specifically on that road, just down the road from the Ring family. The police found Hayes within a mile of the murder scene. It is reported that he had wandered to a neighbor's house and confessed early that morning. So they found the the bodies around 3 a.m., and later that morning... It is. I've read a, um, some of the witness statements saying that he had come to a neighbor's house and just said, I just killed those the girls or whatever. Whoa. Yeah, so the police didn't know that yet, but that's where they eventually found him. So during the time where he had gone to the neighbor's house and apparently supposedly confessed, the dog was still searching, Cleo was still searching the wooded area, and she had found a fire that had been going earlier, and it was burned bloodied clothing of a man's mm. clothing. Yeah, so he had like changed his clothes and burnt them in the woods after he beat them after he beat the girls to death. So they knew who whose car it belonged to, so they went and found him. So once arrested, Hayes explained that he had been hunting in the area when he saw the girls. Now there is zero, I nothing says why he did this or what came over him. There's no like personal story from him or statement from him. It just straight up says that he confessed to everything basically right away. He said that he hit the girls with the butt of his rifle and attempted to sexually assault Donna. And yeah, I'm thinking that they put up a big fight, the girls. Mm -hmm. And so he ended up stabbing her repeatedly with his hunting knife. And then um, Diana, I think, started to run. And that's they found her body a short distance away where he had caught up and stabbed her to death as well. Wow. So no reason. Just well, I there I came across no reason. They think they put the um, motive being to sexually assault them, like he wanted to. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, But it doesn't say that he actually ended up being able to rape them. I think they fought, and he had he ended up killing them, and then he bolted. So he was if he wasn't I guess he was in the area hunting. That's why he had his stuff. So he was able to change his clothes, burn his bloody clothes, and then I think I guess as he left. He felt his really conscience bad. hit, yeah, yeah, or whatever happened, and decided that he would go to a neighbor and confess. The other thing is, he said that he, when he explaining what he did, they didn't have the murder weapon. They couldn't find the rifle that he had mm-hmm. apparently beaten them with. 
So they, that was a really important piece of evidence. So the dog master and Clea went back to the woods to search for more of the evidence, and Clea definitely did find it. She found the rifle stuck in a tree that had fallen, so it was like pushed inside the tree. And that was a super important part of evidence that allowed the charges of murder to be laid against okay, but Larry. So if they didn't find the... Okay, so if they didn't find the murder weapon, mm-hmm. would he still get charged with it? So I was thinking this too, because he confessed... I mean, but they still have to prove it. And and I mean, once a lawyer gets in there and says, "Oh, moment of insanity," blah blah blah. Maybe it wasn't like, I think, for the police and to charge someone confidently that if they have all the pieces, like here is the murder weapon, here is this. There is no reasonable doubt left that like here's all the pieces. I think that is what they're looking for, right? To have a solid case against somebody. Mm-hmm. A confession is just one piece of it. You need all the evidence okay. too. I mean, don't quote me. I'm not a lawyer or <laughs> a wow. professional in any anyway. But that's just like to me. That seems like okay. So maybe he could have got off if they didn't find the rifle. I mean, I like, feel like any sort of hole, loophole, a lawyer's find a way. There's so ugh. many things. <laughs> it's astonishing, right? So the murder trial began, and the chief witness was Clea's dog master, who made note of Clea's extraordinary tracking ability that uncovered the needed evidence at the murder scene. Judge A.H. McLean is also stated as saying this trial marked the first time in Canadian court history when the evidence was provided through a dog master and his police service dog, and all the evidence was accepted. Wow. Good job, Cleo. 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 (laughs) (laughs) On March 6, 1964, Hayes was convicted of capital murder and sentenced to hang. By the neck. (laughs) The death of the girls was devastating for the entire community, obviously, and the victim's family moved out of the town to escape the tragedy of their daughter's murder, and there's no other reports of what wow. they're, what's happening now with them or what happened after that. They would probably be, they'd be in their, I think they're born in like 33, so they'd be close to their 90, yeah. soon to be wow. 90, if they're still alive. So sad. Yeah, and that's the story of the Ring Twins murder. And Clea, the police Savior. dog, police service dog. And I have a picture of her. Aw. And she looks so fuzzy. <laughs> and I have that a picture of the great. dog master, whatever his name is. And in the picture, it actually says dog master and Clea. So Maybe he didn't want to. He's like, don't worry about me, just worry about Clea. He didn't want his name out there. So I got my information from rcmpgraves.com, the RCMP vet of the month which was Clea. Aww. Wikipedia, um, data2.archives.ca, and newspaper.com. And like I said, there's no podcast on this, so that is all Good the job, information Darla. I had. That was great. Thanks, buds. <sighs> Awful, but great. Exactly. Okay, pee break. Oh, you actually have to pee no, for I one time. My, my break's my, I like my oh. break. <laughs> Don't you have to pee? Yep. How about sore? Hi, it's Rebecca again. Just a quick heads up that the second half story is particularly gruesome, so if you don't want to listen, now would be a good time to switch off. Now back to the show. Um, okay. You got nose problems? Always. (laughs) I got 99 (laughs) problems and my nose is wood. Do you know how much snot I touch in a day working at it with little children? (laughs) I probably only touch snot in a day. You should wear gloves. I sometimes do wear gloves. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. That do you was have to sad. wipe noses? I just watched you like wipe your nose and I just thought of... 
Uh, no, we really encourage them to wipe their own nose and learn how to blow their nose properly and That's not great. use. That's good life skills there, right there. Not just constantly put your hands up your nose or in your pants. You know, yeah, that's, that's the kind of things I'm going for in a day. <laughs> <laughs> You're just teaching them the the things that matter. Basic manners. From a young age. Yeah, you know. It's the crucial years, man. You only scratch your butthole in private. Yes. Right? <laughs> you don't scratch your butthole and then paint a picture on the easel. No. No, that's gross. You don't scratch your butthole and then grab a sandwich. No. Nope. Mm-mm. You don't. You don't scratch your butthole and then scratch your friend's butthole. No. That's gross, No, too. that's not okay. You don't pick your nose and then shake someone's hand. <laughs> I don't know. You win this one. Gross. Okay. Back on topic. Have you heard of Clifford Olson? I certainly have. Oh. Oh. No. No, you, was, no, you have. I totally have. Okay, Clifford so Olsen. you know all about him. I wouldn't say I know all about him, but I I, I know who. Okay, this he's it. like a super twisted sicko. This guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, he was. Don't quote me on this, but I think he was the first serial killer in Canada. He was known as the Beast of BC oh. and the Rent a Car Killer, because apparently he rented a different car every time he got a new victim. Clifford. Robert Olson Jr. was a convicted Canadian serial killer who confessed to murdering 11 children and young adults between the ages of 11 and 18. See, I remember growing up, my dad telling me about this guy. Yeah. What were the years? Um, Was it the 80s? It was 1980 to 81. Yeah. This is why I remember my dad talking about it. Yeah. He killed all these children... In 19 months. So it wasn't like a lot of serial killers that's, you know, they space it out over a long time before they get caught. And they're very, like, clean about it and they cover their tracks. No. He didn't care. He literally didn't care. He just picked up kids and killed them. Fuck, that's gross. He scored 38 out of 40 on the psychopathy checklist. I'd like to know what that checklist is. I'm very interested as well. Imagine you also... Score 38 out like, of 40 is there an psychopathy. Online, is there an online quiz? I'm sure there is. We should all do Seven, it after. On 17.com. Okay, is we your should... boyfriend a psycho? <laughs> um, we should do it, and then on the next recording, we should say what we score on it. Okay. Because I'm interested to know if I'm a psycho, too. <laughs> so this, this happened in and around Vancouver area, and the characteristics of his crimes were related to rape and mutilation. Did you find it? Yeah, well, I did, and here's one of the questions. <laughs> Do you have excess glibness or superficial charm? What in the fuck is glibness? Look it up. Do you have excess glibness? I don't know what that means. What is glibness? I don't know. Just or superficial charm? Yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of people have that. If you so, work at Starbucks, you have superficial charm. If you work anywhere in the service industry. I just learned the word glibness. Glibness, the quality of being confident, but too simple and lacking in careful thought. Cliblets. <laughs> Clifford Olson was born on January 1st, 1940. He was the oldest of four children and he grew up near the PE, the Pacific National Exhibition, which is in East Vancouver. I think so. After the war, his family moved to Richmond. He was born a bad seed and was always a problem child. 
So he just basically came out of the womb and he was a piece of he was shit. Just straight up evil from yeah. the get go. Pretty much. How the hell does that happen? Well, and his his um, other siblings grew up to be like great law abiding citizens. So like that's a full like your brain Something. developed a specific I way so. where some of those fucking neurons got in a fight with another neuron and just twisted shit up in there. Yeah. He constantly got into fights and got beaten up a lot and then eventually decided to take up boxing because he was sick of getting beat up beat up and then he kind of got back at everyone that beat him up Hmm. and they say maybe he had a chip on his shoulder from that right still not an excuse no to kill children no he started skipping class at 10 years old and after grade eight he dropped out and started to pursue his life of crime he was put in jail for the first time at age 17, and over the next 24 years, he racked up almost 100 convictions, including obstruction of justice, possession of stolen property, possession of firearms, forgery, false pretenses, fraud, parole violation, impaired driving, theft, breaking and entering, armed robbery, escape from lawful custody, rape, gross indecency, and first degree murder. So you, he was he was pretty much in jail m- most of his life, more than he was not. Why the fuck do they keep letting him out? This this is the thing. Yeah. And if you were his parents, would you have written him off by this point? I'm I feel like they maybe would have written him off when he dropped out of grade 8 and was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> Bye. I'm out of here. I'm going to go pursue crime, mom and dad. Thanks for everything you've done up until this point, but <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> He escaped from jail seven times, oh. and I wonder if he. Kind of I know. I know that he was people. housed at Ocala at one point. Oh, so I wonder if he was one of one of the people that. He's escaped the from one him. that probably started the fires. <laughs> yes. <laughs> In 1970, he was freed five times under mandatory supervision, and each time he would end up back in jail. So they basically would release him. He'd do something stupid. He'd get back in. Same shit. Over and over. So after like the third or fourth time, they're like, okay, do you, are you sorry this time? Do you promise to be good if we let you yeah. out? Slap oh, on yeah, the wrist. Yeah. Okay, out you go. <laughs> yeah, don't do anything bad. Yeah, okay. I feel like he's really going to, he really got it this time. It'll be okay. Right? <laughs> it doesn't Fuck. make sense. But I mean, I think for like minor offenses, you can only go to jail for a certain time. Yeah, but I mean. But you have a, you now take, you have like a hundred convictions. If you take like, all the history into play, like that's got to play a role in yeah, just you should have just kept offender. the man. You like, should have just kept the man in jail. Strap him to a wall. Somewhere. None of this, none of this stuff would have happened. He was released again in 1980, and he just went for it again. Crimes, all he knew. Maybe he just loved going to jail. Whatever enticed him there. Who knows? His first victim was found on Christmas 1980. Christine Weller. She was 12 years old. She was abducted from her home in Surrey. And her mutilated body was found in the woods. Oh, man. Colleen Denal was 13, went missing in Surrey on April 16th. And 16-year-old Darren Johnsard was abducted from a shopping mall in Vancouver less than a week later. His body was found on May 2nd, and his skull had been shattered by heavy blows. Ugh. No sympathy, no remorse. Like... Olsen had married his girlfriend on May 15th, 1981, and four days later, 
he killed a 16-year-old girl, Sandra Wolfsteiner, who disappeared after hitchhiking through Langley. On June 21st, 13-year-old Ada Court went missing in Coquitlam. On July 25th, Judy Cosma, aged 14, disappeared, and on July 9th, her mutilated body was recovered from a lake near Agassiz in the Fraser River Valley. So by this time, he was now a prime suspect. But why was he still able to continue killing, you ask? He was an informant for the cops. Oh, wow. So in 1976, inside the Prince Albert Penitentiary, Olson was stabbed seven times by a gang of inmates after he exposed them for prison drug running. So he, in the prisons, exposed people for the for the police to kind of, you know, shut down crime. And he also provided police with enough information of another inmate, ensuring his conviction of rape, mutilation, and strangulation of a nine-year-old girl. So he helped get that inmate convicted as well. On July 23rd, 15-year-old Raymond King had disappeared and his body was found two weeks later. July 25th, 18-year-old Sigmund Arndt was abducted while hitchhiking. A few days later, Terry Carson went missing from the same apartment complex Christina Weller had lived, so the first girl. On July 30th, Louise Chantrad, age 17, went missing while hitchhiking. Then, finally, the police decided to make a move on him. And they were surveilling him. And they, they watched him pick up two female hitchhikers and then arrested him upon seeing this. And this was in Eucula. And then in, in his car, they found an address book that belonged to Judy Cosma. And then he was arrested for her murder. Those two hitchhiking girls in Eucula, man. Their lucky day. Yep. Holy. Right? <laughs> And you know what? I thought about this. Like, I I hitch I used to hitchhike a lot, like it's a not, lot. It's never a good. It's idea. never a good idea. Mostly like on Vancouver Island, but this happened in Eukula. Like you never you never know. And I would never like encourage that on anybody. I think um, there's a point in your life. I I never did this, but I think for some it's like no, it's not. The chances are like it's not going to happen to me and. It's just that risk doesn't cross your mind the same way it does when you're a little bit older. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I'd i like to think that I've always, like, trusted my gut when mm-hmm. getting in a vehicle with someone. And, you know, if I have had a bad feeling, luckily I never got that. Um, but it just, it happens so often. We here at Radio Face Stories do not recommend. We don't uh, recommend hitchhiking, it. Hitchhiking, no matter Please don't what do kind it. of gut you have. Don't. Don't let your children hitchhike. (laughs) And don't you yourself hitchhike. Don't hitchhike with your children. Okay, so here's a plot twist. So he's arrested. He decides he wants to admit to the murders, but only if the police agree to pay his wife $10,000 in cash for each victim he admitted to. What the fuck? Yeah, so that's over $100,000. Did they agree to it? They agree to it. What the fuck? Did they pay it? They paid it. They agreed <gasps> to it. They paid it. These idiots agreed to this. Can you just agree and, and not do it? I think at this point there's probably substantial evidence linking him to all these murders because now they have him in custody. He obviously wasn't like a really clean serial killer. 
So I feel like they could have just linked him to all of them if they had gone and looked and got all the evidence. But they're like, okay, well, he's... We'll just pay him off. We'll just pay him. And so once his wife had gotten the cash, he pled guilty and was sentenced to life in prison for 11 murders. Then this clown offers the cops another deal. He says, I'll give you 20 more graves for another $100,000. And... Thank God they were like, no, we're not doing that. But then it left them wondering, like, how many more victims are there? Yeah. How many more bodies? So he admitted to 11? He admitted to 11. And then he potentially could offer 20 more. Yeah. Right? Wow. So Olsen was said to have the gift of the gab. He was regularly hopped up on pills and alcohol and had a pretty good routine to lure youngsters. He had 3D cards, like business cards, that made him look like a construction worker. And I don't really know how that would help lure kids in, but I think Maybe he would for work. Like, oh, he you would, know, I can get you jobs. Yeah, jobs. or he, um, he would conduct a brief informal job interview to identify them and then he would give them a ride to a construction site so maybe you know i'm thinking like when you said he abducted a 16 year old guy from a mm-hmm. grocery i'm like how do you do that but i can see now being like oh hey you're looking for a quick job you know yeah la- labor he had the get up yeah that's i briefly read in one article that you know he got all these business cards printed but i don't think he actually paid for them and he had yeah he had the get up and and then, yeah, offered them. He's like, oh, I'll come show you this construction site. And then he'd offer them a sip of pop or a bottled drink, and it was spiked with chloral hydrate, which is a knockout drug. He was a really, really twisted man. It said he drove a three-inch spike into one child's head and injected another with an air embolism. So I looked <gasps> up what that is. And when you get an air embolism, you get air in your veins that can travel to your brain heart or lungs and cause a heart attack stroke or respiratory failure yeah like haven't you seen that in tv shows sometimes they like put air into the line at the hospital if you have like an iv that's how they like kill people yeah oh like on tv shows i've seen or movies i've seen that and my brother used to tell me that that could happen if you ever put a like a you know like a soccer ball pump to like pump up your basketball and stuff if you put that end near your skin and did it, it that would happen and he used to chase me with it that's I literally so thought mean. I would die. <laughs> Big brothers are great. <laughs> That's awful. Okay. The RCMP believe that Olsen has the knowledge of another 17 women and young six girls who were murdered between the highway of Kamloops and Banff and were believed to have been murdered while hitchhiking. Unsure, but they're pretty, pretty sure. And 23 more bodies in six U.S. states. So I think when he was on parole a few times, he had gone to the states while on parole. And I didn't know you could, like, travel outside of the country while you were on parole. I think he, yeah, I don't know. I didn't think so either, but. So the horror never ended for these families of the victims. And they believed that the police acted in a totally incompetent fashion throughout this whole investigation. Do you agree? Yes. Yeah. Like, come on, you guys. Eight families took legal action to retrieve the $100,000 blood money for cash for corpses, they called it. Mm -hmm. The cash for corpses deal. 
and Sue Olson and a few other people who were involved in the case. I don't think they ended up getting anything. Maybe I think maybe six families got a small sum of money, but definitely not enough. So Clifford Olson died in prison on October 2nd, 2011 at the age of 71 from cancer. I hope he had cancer in his balls. I hope it was like... And everywhere that word really hurt. riddled with cancer and they just let him slowly die yeah. in his cell. They probably didn't though. They have, they're, they're obligated to medicate treat and treat. And, yeah, humanely. But we can <sighs> pretend in our brains. In our brains, he died a very slow... Festering ball cancer. Horrible death. <laughs> Festering ball cancer. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> so... As far as Canadian serial killers go, I think this guy like definitely like set the bar. Not that <laughs> there's a bar it's not for a, not a bar you want to. It's set. not a bar you want to no, set, but. but that's he's a pretty messed up dude. And then I actually went in, down like a rabbit hole of Canadian murderers. There's actually quite a quite a bit. Oh yeah. So watch out 2021 because these are coming for you. <laughs> In our podcast. Yeah, not literally. Not literally <laughs> in our podcast stories. So, uh, yeah, the information was from Murderpedia. A few articles from murderpedia.org, which is actually a really cool site. I need it is, to yeah. Check that out a little more. And that's the story of the twisted, sicko Clifford Robert Olson. Yuck. Die rotten hell. Dead. Motherfucker. <laughs> and that is the story of Clifford Olson. That's almost like a preview voice. The rent a cop killer that's not, not it rent a cop the rent the rent a car killer the mall cop killer <laughs> should i talk my story is like that we should read like at halloween do a special and read like a, a scary story Ooh, in, a in a scary voice. spooky voice and we'll add like sound effects like Woo-hoo! that would be fun <laughs> that was good hey <laughs> I'm sure everybody will be really excited to hear those. Yeah, I can't wait. We make all those sounds with our mouth, by the way. <laughs> that, that was like a sheep. <laughs> a killing sheep. Killing duck. <laughs> Watch out for the murdering duck. It's like a little tie. Can you on. say something about a s- serial killer chicken? <laughs> Probably. I don't. I did. Living at the farm. That- <gasps> Living at the farm at Ocala Prison Farm. Murdering chicken. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, that was great. Um, I hope you have a rad day tomorrow. That was so fake. <laughs> I know. That was so glibby. Is that the glibby? fucking word? That was full of glib. You're a glib. You're a glibologist. The definition of glib glib is smooth talking or writing that suggests someone isn't telling the truth. Like a glib, a politician could be glib when they're describing a budget plan. This is, I don't want to do this. Oops. Oh, fuck, that's so echoey. What is this made of? Echo. Fucking tin. Aluminium. Aluminium. (laughs) In um, Australia, they they pronounce aluminum aluminium. Um, yeah. Can't you just say al- aluminum, guys? Aluminum. Aluminium. It's a, it's a tricky word. I, it's a tricky one, because... Aluminum. Asher can't say ambulance, so... Yeah, but I'm he's not here to j- six. Yeah. So, ambulance. Yeah, and then what else? Hospital. Can't say hospital ho- ho- or ambulance. Hops. 
He says hostable or something. I don't know. Hostable. Hostable. I don't know what he says, but the girls make fun of him, and then he cries. Some people also say Southern. That's not nice. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, do you want to know something? So I listened to this podcast with some girls that I was working with one day because they wanted to hear it, and one of the girls in the room actually admitted that she said also said Southern. Oh, she listened. you guys listened to our podcast? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because they really wanted to hear, and I was like, okay, well, let's Was it play awkward listening with it, someone? It, oh, I would have hated that. I, I don't know if I would do it again. <laughs> that would be crazy. For sure. But they, like, they really wanted to hear it. So she was like, I also say Southern. And I was like, what up? Well, then you're not alone. should be friends. Yes. Um, we love you guys. Thanks. Thanks for checking us out again. And have a great day or night or whatever you're doing. Have a great whatever it is you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Good night.